This is Alive with Joseph. And today I want to labor on the subject, the culture of building. The culture of building. The book of Haggai, the prophet declares in chapter number one, verse number two, he talks about how people at that time were saying this is not the time. This is not the time. The time has not yet come, the prophet said. This is not yet the time for the Lord's house to be built. And the Lord gave him a word to go and declare it to his people. And that word was a question and God was asking his people that if you say this is not yet the time, to build my house, the Lord challenged his people and asked them, is it time for yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? He asked them. And this temple lies in ruins. And he said to them, consider your ways. And I pray that even in this season as the church of Jesus Christ, the Bible talks about how there is time for everything. And the Lord Jesus Christ once accused the Pharisees. He said to them, you are able to look at the clouds and you are able to predict if it is going to rain or not. And he says to them, yet you are unable to discern the signs of the times. And it is my prayer that as the church of Jesus Christ, we may realize the season that we are in. Because this season that we are in, this is not a season for us to make the church of Jesus Christ the last of our list of priorities. It is the time for us to realize that God is in the, is in the business of building his church. And he has given us the privilege of co-laboring with him in order for his house to be built. Because in this season that we are living in where the Bible says this, these times or these days that we are living in, they are evil according to the word of God. This is a season for us to realize that the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of this world. I always say that the church is underrated, Bazalwan. We don't realize the role that the church plays in society. And that's why you and I, we should be the first to believe in this institution, in this body called the church. Because if the church is healthy, the communities are going to be healthy. If the church is healthy, the marriages are going to be healthy. If the church is healthy, the families are going to be. If the church is healthy, destinies are going to be activated and released. If the church is healthy, let me tell you dreams and visions are going to be fulfilled. If the church is healthy, let me tell you doctors are going to be raised up. Leaders are going to be raised up. Let me tell you if the church is healthy, the business world is not going to be the same because we are going to raise up people who are not just going to be in the business world for the sake of money, but they are going to have a purpose in mind. They are going to understand why did God release them into that space. 
May we realize the season that we are in as the church. May we realize that this is not the time to be selfish and to, be, to think about ourselves. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things shall be added unto you. It seems as if all along we have been afraid. We wanted to just take care of ourselves first and we thought there is a lot that we are missing out if we are contributing towards the establishment of the kingdom of God. But God wants us to take him upon his word and just test him just one more time and try him this time and watch what he's going to do if we are going to prioritize his kingdom. We are in a season where when it comes to the things of God, we must throw away the calculator. We must throw away our budget. We must throw away every other thing that dictates what and how much we can do or give towards God. Because the church of Jesus Christ has got to be built. The church of Jesus Christ is the hope of this world. church is the hope of this world this is the time to build the set time has come this is the appointed time for us to take advantage of this season to realize that the hand of God is upon us in this season to realize that God is about to do something great through the church and the best that we can do is to position ourselves so that we can be used by God. Can we imagine if a live church is going to be mentioned amongst other churches that God is going to use in this season? Can you imagine if a live church is going to be mentioned, you know, when, 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 when great things are spoken of about Pulukwane, a live church is going to be at the center on, of all of those great things that are going to be spoken of, that there is a church at the heart of Pulukwane that is busy shaking the foundation of hell that is making sure that the devil is not going to have a foothold in schools in the political space that all the witches are going to leave this region because of the spiritual work that a live church is engaged in we better realize the season that we are in I am a church guy I am for the church I believe in the church I love the church I believe that without the role of the church, even the kingdom that we are talking about, because sometimes, Pastor Joseph, I'm not sure if you have realized that the woke Christians have a tendency of saying, you know, I am more kingdom than church. I'm like, how are you reading your Bible? Jesus said in Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then he says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. So in other words, in other words, the, the, the church has been given the responsibility to administrate the affairs of the kingdom of God. So in other words, if the church is sick, the kingdom can be healthy. The church has the keys to administrate the affairs of the kingdom of God. Jesus says in John chapter number 3, unless you are born again, he says you can never be able to enter the kingdom of God. Where are the keys? Where do you enter? You enter through a door. Where are the keys in the church? So in other words, if the church does not preach the gospel, the gates of the kingdom will not be opened so that people can... So you can't talk kingdom and not talk church. 
The church is the agency of the kingdom of God. You can't talk church. You can't talk kingdom and not talk church. This is our set time. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter number 23. And we are going to take verse number 7. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number 7. Pastor Sam quoted this scripture yesterday in passing. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. That is a miser. <laughs> For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Our God is a builder. Our God is a builder. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 4, he who builds all things is God. Our God in his DNA, he is a builder. That's why the Bible tells us how in the book of Genesis, the Bible says he spoke everything into existence because our God is a builder. Psalm 69 verse 35, the Bible says, For God will save Zion and build the cities of Judah. In other words, now if you are a child of God, you are going to be like your father and become the builder that he is. Therefore, Alive Church, we need to understand that God has therefore called us to co-labor with him, to build our lives, to build our families, to build our marriages, to build our careers, to build our businesses, and most importantly, to build his church. He has called us into that assignment to labor side by side. He's not just calling us to build without him, because the Bible says in Psalm 127, he who builds without God, they are building in vain. Therefore, as a child of God, do not attempt to build anything in your life without the involvement of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. Learn from the builder that he is so that you can be successful in whatever it is that you are building. So you and I, I am, I am Jacob Msipa, I am from Pumalanga. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you come from. But one thing I know that we have in common is that you and I, we have been called by God to become builders. We are not called to be destroyers, but we are called to be builders. We are not called to become destroyers of our marriages, but we are called to build our marriages. We are not called to a live church to destroy this church, but we are called to build this church. We are not called to destroy the schools in our communities, but you and I are called to build the systems of the schools so that our children can benefit. You and I are not called to destroy the economy of this country, but you and I are called to to build the economy of this country. We are called to be builders. That is our DNA. That is who we are. And the reason why we are builders, it is because our father is a builder. You know, that's why there is nothing that can frustrate God. Because if there's one thing that God knows how to do, it is to build. That's why when he, when, when the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And for whatever reason, there was darkness and there was confusion and there was a mess. God was not stuck in frustration. But the Bible tells us that he 
said, let there be light. Why? Because God is a builder. I don't know, Mtana Sekaya, what happened in your life. I don't know what hell you've gone through. I don't know what you have lost in your life. But one thing that I know is that in your DNA, you are a builder. And you can rebuild your life. You can rebuild your family. You can rebuild your career. You can, why? Why am I saying that it is because your father Turn to your neighbor and say, I am a builder. I am a builder. Tell them I'm, you are standing next to a builder. You, 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 can, you, you cannot allow things to die around you. You cannot allow things to, to just tumble into destruction around you. Arise and begin to do something about that situation. Listen, Barcelona. When, when, when the team in the book of Nehemiah declares, declared, arise and be. The first thing that they said was, look at the mess that we find ourselves in. Sometimes you need to get to a point where you are going to be tired of the poverty around you. You are going to be tired of the mess and the chaos. You are, you are going to be tired of the mess in your department at church. And you are going to say, there's only one thing that we can do in this situation. It is to arise and begin to build. We are going to build this department. We are going to build this team. We are, we are going to build it. We are going to take our time. One, one brick at a time. One minute and what me, one meeting at a time. One workshop at a time. But, but we are not going to destroy destroy it further, but we are going to build it. I'm not going to use my words to bring destruction in this church, but I'm going to use my words to build, to build towards the fulfillment of this vision. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am a builder. You are not called to destroy, but you are called to build. And, and Paul says, according to the grace he says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, he says, as a wise master builder. So in other words, Paul was recognizing that I am not just a builder by my own intellect. I am not just a builder because I decided to be a builder. He says, according to the grace. He says, according to the grace, the divine enablement, there is some force that is working on the inside of me that is turning me into a builder. Shout, I am a builder. There's absolutely no way that God can put you in a situation, in a marriage, in a family, in a business, in a career, where you will be unable to build it from the ground up. When we are talking about building, we are talking about developing something over a period of time. Unfortunately, we are living in a time where only a few people are willing to build. And only a few know even how to build. Because building takes time. The reason why people don't want to build is because building takes time. It, it takes time. <laughs> people people don't, no longer want to build. You see, even in this nation, uh, unfortunately, we, we are from a background that did not teach us to build. It, it, but it taught us to rename buildings, to rename the streets. 
We, we did not learn how to build anything. The only thing that we know, it is to ban buildings. It is to destroy buildings. It is to destroy infrastructure. We find ourselves banning schools and destroying schools because we, we, we don't have a mindset of building. And the devil is a liar. My, pray, my prayer is that, oh God, deliver a black man. Deliver a black nation. Deliver us from destroying. Teach us to build. Deliver us from renaming. Teach us to build. Teach us to get into our communities and build schools. Teach us to get into our communities and build schools. We, we were afraid of building. That's why, Pastor Joseph, when people come to become part of a church, and, and when they see that we don't yet have a children's church facility, they are not patient enough. They don't want to contribute to what's building the children's church. They want to go to a church that has children's church. Why? Because their mindset is not that of a builder. They want to come to a finished project, but they don't want to arise and build. They don't want to fold their sleeves and get their hands dirty. That's why even when people get married they kind of hope that they are stepping into a readily made, you know, happily ever after type of a thing. They think that's why they will end up saying when your marriage is good they will talk about how you were lucky to, to, to actually they, they forget that for you to have good marriage you need to learn how to build this thing. You need to learn how to get your hands dirty. You are going to have those difficult conversations with your wife. You are going to cry sometimes, but you are going to build. You are going to sleep on, on the mattress, on the floor sometimes, but we are not rushing anywhere. We are building. You are going to not have that apartment that you want, but you are not going to compare yourself to your friend who has been 10 years in marriage and they are buying their first house because we are still building this thing. You might not have a flat screen TV at that point, but you need to look at your husband on their face and say, baby, don't worry. I know we will get there one day because we are not rushing anywhere. We are building this thing. We are working on this marriage. We might not be able to go on holiday overseas, but we, we, we might eat at KFC. Why? We are still building. We are still building. We are still working this thing. Yeah. And you need to sometimes send that text message to your parents and say, wait for me, I'm still building. I know you want to share with your, with your relatives how successful your child is. But tell them, mommy, just wait for me. I'm still working this thing. I am not just building from the rooftop. I am building from the ground up. For now, it's, it is still looking all dirty and messy. It does not look like I will be a millionaire one day. It does not look like I will be a businessman one day. It does not look like my marriage might even survive. But tell your friend and say, give me some time. I'm still developing this thing. I'm still making some early mistakes. Some walls might come out wrong. Don't just give me some time. I am just 
building this thing. And let me tell you something. If you can just persist in building this thing, let me tell you one way or the other, there's going to come a time where all of a sudden when you look at this thing that you've been working on for the past five years and it seems as if to those who are outside, there was no movement, there was no improvement, but only you knew that today I added one brick. Today I added one door. It might not be visible on the outside, but I know on the inside of me. Today I have read one book about marriage and I am beginning to understand it better. Today I am from another appointment where I was asking for a business opportunity I'm building. We are living in a season where people want to wish things into existence. They want to desire things into existence. But they are not willing to get their hands dirty. That's why a church, sometimes we find ourselves not having volunteers. Because people are not builders. They will criticize those who volunteer. Because they are not builders. They will say to them, oh, you are going to waste your energy. You are going to waste your gifts and your talents. They are using you. And yet these are the same Christians who are singing a song, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. And when we begin to use you at church, all of a sudden, now it's a problem. I surrender all. Withholding nothing. I give myself away. But when you are supposed to give yourself away in a true sense, nowhere to be seen. The problem is a mindset of building. And one of the reasons why building takes time. Look, you cannot be a builder and be in a hurry. The Bible says, he who is hasty will end up in poverty. You cannot be a builder. You will make a lot of mistakes. This thing will look like it's complete. And two years down the line, it, it will fall down flat. There are certain buildings where people will spend more time digging, going down. When we are expecting a building to go up, but it's going down. They're digging, they're pouring concrete. It's like a seaborn surface. We can't see it. We can't see anything. But we are pouring. Why? Because we want the foundation to be strong, to be so, so that by the time the walls go up, because it's not about activity, it's about longevity. There are people who look busy, but whatever it is that they are working on, and it's so quick, it might not last. One of the reasons why building takes time, it is because building is full of many challenges. I'm sure you all know that sometimes you will envision things in your mind. And you will be like, you know, I'm going to work this thing. <laughs> and by the time the rubber hits the road, <laughs> hey, things go, begin to go south. Many of us, we have perfect business plans here. But the minute you, 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 you thought that after this business plan, when I knock on the, there's absolutely no way that they will, you know, even your friends will tell you, there is no bank that will, that will not fund this thing. 
This thing is so powerful and the minute you knock on one door and you had your, your projections, you said by this time I'll be able to do this, I'll go to this bank, they are going to fund me, step number three, then I'm going to buy this, step number four, then I'm going, but the first step that you take, all hell breaks loose. Have you ever been in a season where you said, this year I am believing God for a job. And after I get a job, then next year I am going to move out from home. And the year after I am going to get married. But three years later, no job. <laughs> because building, at the minute you decide, I'm going to arise and build, all hell breaks loose. Because the devil, on the other hand, Jesus says, the thief does not come except to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So God is a builder, but the devil is a destroyer. He wants to bring destruction in everything that you are attempting to build. So the minute you rise up, you want to build your marriage, he's going to attack your marriage. The minute you rise up, you want to build your business, he's going to attack your business. He's not going to fold his arms and watch this thing being fulfilled while he's not going to do anything. So if you are going to decide to build, you better be prepared that you are going to fight. That's why I love the book of Genesis chapter number one for this reason. The Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then it says the earth was without form. Then it talks about how dark it was, right? We all know that. And then the first thing that God does, the Bible says, said, let there be light. Let the, he spoke, right? It says, and God said, let there be light. I want to show you how as a builder, God was aware how there might be opposition as he's attempting to build. That's why today God, God, when he says, only I, I am God. Besides me, there is no other. It's not just because he's trying to intimidate anyone. He has done his research. <laughs> he has done his research. So now he's so secured, he's convinced, he knows that he's the only one. Because in the book of Genesis, when he said, when the Bible says, and God said, that word in the Hebrew literally means, and he challenged. So in other words, he said, let there be light. In other words, he was saying, if there's any other force out there, if there's any other power out there that is greater than the one that I have, show up and nullify what I have just said. I am saying, let there be light. And the Bible says, and there was light. And therefore God said, beside me there is no other. He said, worship me only because he realized. So God was very much aware that there will always be opposition in anything that you will attempt to do. It's just that you need to be secured in God to understand that Jesus has already declared about builders. He said, I will build my church, he said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against 
against it. So in other words, you better understand that when I am getting married, I am not trying to get married. Jesus has already said, the gates of hell will not prevail against whatever it is that I am building. So in other words, as we are building the church, we are not trying to win. We are not trying to make this thing work. This thing is definitely going to work. We are going to buy buildings. We are going to take cities. We are going to preach the message of the gospel. Jesus has already said, the gates of hell. And sometimes I get confused, pastor, how when Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, there are Christians who believe that they can destroy what Jesus is doing at a live church. There are people. Yes, who, who, who are you? They think when they leave, God, God, Jesus leaves. Jesus has just abandoned the project at a live church. They, they think that if they no longer feel the same way about a live church. Others are not feeling. They, they are convinced in themselves that they can be stronger than the stronger than the powers of hell. In fact, the reason why you are behaving the way that you are behaving shows how you were defeated by the powers of darkness to have those evil thoughts about a live church. Jesus will build a live church. It does not matter how you feel about that. Because when Jesus wants to bless a live church, he's not going to consult with Pastor Jacob. He's not going to come to me and say, look, there's a something that I want to do at a live church. So I wanted to check Jacob if you are fine with it. Are you not going to be affected? Maybe must I wait until you are fine? No, if Jesus wants to give you another building, he's going to give you another building. If he wants to give you a bus, he's going to give you a bus. If he wants to bless you with another campus somewhere, he's going to give you another campus. If he wants to give you more money, he's going to give you more money. In other words, I better get over myself. Because the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, when you are a builder, I always say this. You better learn how to be bold. <laughs> because building is not for the cowards. <laughs> building is not for the people who are going to be confronted by the spirit of fear. And they are going to run. But building is for the righteous people who are bold, the Bible says. Because let me tell you something. The minute you decide that you are going to build, the, the enemy is going to intimidate you. He is going to speak in your ears. He is going to tell you how you are going to fail. Let me tell you, you are going to be so much afraid because the greater the dream, the greater the vision, the more fearful you are going to be. Pastor Joseph can tell you, the day he made the offer to buy this property, as much as it was a step of faith, but when you are alone at night, it's because I know I've been through that journey. After the offer has been signed and you realize the bank account does not match the signature. Let me tell you, if you are in business, you better learn from your pastors. 
if you are in business, you better understand we are not doing this thing because we have it all figured it out. We, don't, we are not doing this thing because the budget was met. We are not doing this thing because we sat down and all the numbers were agreeing. Sometimes it's just a step of bold faith crazy faith of a builder realizing that oh God I am willing to step out and walk on water. I am about to do something that even I myself I don't understand. And sometimes even people when they are asking me questions, I don't have answers for this thing. Because it was not all mapped out in my head. All I know is that there was an amen in my spirit. All I know is that Jesus said, Peter, come out of that boat. And Peter, the Bible says, he began to walk on water. I know that sometimes we are arguing about how he lost his faith and he sank. But I always say, at least he tasted how to walk on water. And the Bible says he began, he began to doubt and fear gripped him. Because when you are building, if you are not bold, listen, listen, listen. Big dreams are intimidating. Big ideas are intimidating. If God is going to put a big vision in your spirit, it's not like you are going to just sleep and, and just believe that this thing is going to... Let me tell you, you are going to toss and turn. As a matter of fact, if the dream does not intimidate you, it is not big enough. If the vision does not give you fear at night and sleepless nights, let me tell you, you better adjust it. You better increase it. You, you better stretch your faith because you've got to get to a point where you understand that in all in order for me to do this, I need to be bold. I need to close my eyes and be bold. When we started our Hillcrest campus, Pastor Joseph, we, 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 we had this during lockdown. We were having online meetings and, and we were preaching online. And we started seeing people gathering in KZN, watching us online, connecting. And, and we started what we called Builders Community online. And they connected to the church. And, and even when lockdown was, was removed and people were going back to churches, they continued to stay online. And one day I said to my wife, let's go and meet with them in person. And we went and we met with them in person and they said look we want to become part of Builders Church but we did not have a campus uh, 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 in, in, in KZN and, and, and we came back and I, I prayed about it and God put it in my spirit to say you need to start some work there you need to don't miss this moment he said but, but take note we just came out of we in fact not came out we were even we were still on lockdown no guarantees Because when we started, that would mean every Sunday, one of us, either me or my wife, must fly down to Durban. And we started looking for a place. And at first we thought even if we find a small room, small room that can seat maybe 20, 30 people, that should be fine for a start. That's how we were taught, start small. Yes, we wanted to start small. And yes, we are starting small, but your small might not be my small. Small is relative, you know, more small. So, so your, small, your, small, small, your small might not be my small. There are levels in smallness. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, you, sometimes you will sit with pastors and they will tell you their story of how they started. They'll say, yo... You know, when we had a small beginning, you know, we started with only 300 people. I'm like, ha! Huh? <laughs> you started with only 300 people? 
It's a small beginning. And my small beginning was four people. So there are levels in this small. It depends on your perspective. It depends on the environment where you grew in. Let me, that's why if you are going to be released from a live church by Pastor Joseph at whatever point, and he will release you as a son, and he says, go and start some work or a campus or whatever, whether he releases you, whatever. The level at which you are going to start, you will already have an exposure of this environment. And you're small. You're small. Hey, your small will be different. Your small will be big. <laughs> so we were looking for a small place. And my wife was doing an internet search, searching for a venue. And then this building shows up. It's a great facility. Cinema chairs. It's, it was used by a church, of course, and they left for whatever reason. And they were advertising it to be rented. It had everything. Cinema chairs, projector screens, mixer, speakers, children's church facility, kitchen, stove, fridge, coffee bar at the corner, everything, plug and play. And when I asked the price, how much per month? Hey. But the boldness of a builder on the inside of me said, you've seen God do this thing. That's true, that's true. Remember, we were in lockdown. We were renting another building in Pinoni, which we had to pay for. We moved into that building in February in our Pinoni campus. March was lockdown. lockdown. Seventy five thousand rents per month. Lockdown comes. And we are still paying for that. And then here's another building in Hillcrest. The devil said, ha, ah, you are about to kill and destroy this church. You are, you are about to make this church to be bankrupt. There was no budget for it. So when we looked at the finances, it was not like we had this much extra. Even just to cover the transport, let alone the rental. But the boldness of a builder on the inside of me. When I prayed to God, God said, go for it. That was last year. We took that step of faith. We applied. They accepted. We moved into that building. I'm sure many of you might have seen the video. We revamped it. We made it build as church. Next week, Thursday, we'll be celebrating one year in that building. Because when you are a builder, you must be If you are fearful, you will not forget about building. There's nothing that you are going to build. There are people who are afraid of getting married. They're afraid of just that commitment. Ah, get married. Be stuck with one person. <laughs> you need that boldness on the inside of you. And number two, not only to be bold, but number two, you need to be, I'm left with four minutes, you need to be undeterred. Because not only do you need the boldness to start, after you start, one thing that the devil will now do because he couldn't stop you from starting, now he is going to condemn you. Now he, will, he is going to 
break your spirit. Now he is going to discourage you. Now he is going to cause you to look at this thing that you have started and begin to hate it and begin to curse it and begin to speak how it is frustrating you each and every day. So when you are a builder, you need to learn how to be strong emotionally. You need to learn how to be strong on the inside of you. You need to learn how to encourage yourself because as a builder, there is going to come a season where no one is going to clap hands for you. No one is going to send you that SMS to encourage you. But like David, you need to learn as a builder that when there's nobody to encourage you, you are going to lock yourself in that room. Because the Bible says when we pray in the spirit, we are building ourselves up in our most holy faith. There are days when I feel discouraged in the ministry. There are days where things are going to be so hard, so difficult. There are days when I feel like this church is about to close anytime soon. There are days where I feel like we are not going to meet the budget this month. There are days when I, don't, I wonder, are we, are we going to be able to pay for the stuff? But I tell you, once I get into that room, and I allow the builder from heaven. And I engage into that realm. Ramaso. Halukabora. Zelibako. Halimakaparia. And the devil will be whispering in my ear. And he will, he will still be saying to me, well, who do you think you are? Well, what were you trying to achieve? What point were you trying to prove? But deep within, on the inside of me, all of a sudden, courage will arise. Courage, and I will feel the strength from within. And tomorrow morning, I'm, I'm waking up as if nothing, everything is normal. Not, not, not because, not because there's money in the bank account, but because there's something that happened on the inside of me. I am undeterred. In other words, I become more stubborn. In, in other words, I, I walk into the office with, 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 with my head up high and, and it, it looks as if I know what I am doing. But even if deep down in my heart, I don't know exactly what I am doing. Undeterred. Undeterred. You, you, you better decide beforehand. Look, if you are going to every, every second day, if you are locking yourself in the room. You know, to me, I don't feel like going out. I'm just going to lock myself in the room. I don't feel like talking to anybody because, you know, everything is a mess all around me. Nobody likes me. Nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody, nobody, nobody. There. Even pastor is not phoning me or to check how I'm doing. You know, mom is this. And, you know, she just even said hi and did not even speak to me. And she could see that I am not okay. <laughs> going to build when you are in business and you are four million on the negative what are you going to build when you can't handle small disappointments somebody didn't greet you at church already for the whole week you are depressed listen 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 Jesus Christ himself was at that point one day. The Bible says he was distressed to a point where the Bible says sweat became blood. But he did not stop praying. The Bible says for, for three hours he was repeating the same thing. He was repeating, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, oh God. He, he says, if it is in your will, let this pass cup, let this cup pass. 
He says, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Praying for three hours, distressed, sweat, becoming blood. But he did not stop building himself up in his most holy faith. So if it happened to Jesus, it will happen to you. There will be days where you will feel like, you know, whatever thing that, there will be a day where, when you remember when you said I do on that altar. And, and you were all smiles. And you were kissy kissy. There will come a day where you will feel like you hate this thing. You just want to step out of it. Let me tell you, don't do it. Be undeterred. Be undeterred. Decide beforehand. I am a builder. I'm going to build this thing. It, it, it feels weird sometimes and it feels painful sometimes but I'm going to build this thing. I'm going to, if you, if you are truly sure that you are called for this. Listen, there, were, there, there was a time I was sharing at church that there was a time where I was, you know, feeling so distressed about my calling and God one day asked me, Pastor Joseph, he said to me, Jacob, are you called? Did I call you? I was like, eh, what do you mean? He said, no, I want to hear, are you called? And I was like, yes, Lord, I'm called. He said, but you need to make your calling sure. Because each time a small thing happens, you begin to doubt my calling for your life. Each time something goes wrong, you feel as if you, you've made a mistake by responding. There has got to come a point in your life where you are going to accept, I am a husband. Even if things look like I am malfunctioning a bit, but I am a husband. I am called to build my marriage. I am called to build my family. And I am here to stay and I am undeterred. Because if you are going to feel like you've made a mistake, there's nothing you're going to build. This marriage is not going to work. But get to a point where you are going to realize, I am a businessman. I am called for this. Lock yourself in the room. Pray until you have that divine assurance on the inside of you. If you are not sure, go to God and ask him. God, did you really want me to do this thing until you hear that amen? And once God gives you that amen, be undeterred. Because nobody, nobody all throughout scripture was ever sure that whatever it is that God has called them to do was going to happen. Even Noah himself. Remember, when Noah was told to build an ark, it had never rained before. So he's talking about something even he himself he has never seen before. And yet, he had to believe. In other words, when he was hitting these nails, I believe that he was saying, God, you, 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 better, you, better, you better be right. You, you better be right. But, but God was talking to him to say, there's rain coming. You better build this thing. And he was hitting that nail. And he was telling others, you better come and help me because there's rain coming. They did not believe. They were mocking him. They were discouraging him. But he kept on building. He kept on building. Each and every day, he kept on hitting that nail. And he prepared this ark. And this ark was taking shape. And when it was complete, something shifted in the heavenlies. Believe in your calling. Own it. Make it yours. Pastor was sharing how you guys got here as a live church. For years, 
it looked like it was not going to be like this. For years, for years, even with us, it took us more than 10 years to have our first building that we can own. More than 10. So can you imagine, for 10 years, we were working on something that uh, we are not sure whether, but I had to get to a point where God confronted me and said, are you called? He said, accept the calling. Accept it, own it, and, and, and be undeterred in it. Number three, make sure that you are going to be innovative. I'm closing. Make sure that you are going to be innovating, innovative. Because building does not just require prayer, fasting. Building requires innovation. Building requires thinking. Moses, make sure you build it according to the pattern and according to the design that was shown to you. And by the way, if I may be honest with you, I have not yet started talking about the culture of building. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what's going on on this pulpit. I'm not sure. This thing, when you are building, you must be a thinker. Because there are situations that are going to come that will require strategic and innovative thinking. Look at how the church operated during lockdown. We were used to one way of building. We were used to coming to church each and every Sunday. We were used to gathering by the numbers every Sunday. And all of a sudden, there was a lockdown. <laughs> we have never seen this thing before. We have never experienced lockdown, but it required us to be innovative thinkers. All of a sudden, we had to switch and come up with ideas. How do we sustain the church while the circumstances have changed? But how do we make sure that this thing keeps on working? It is going to remain relevant. Oh, you better give it to the pastors, man. You better give it to the volunteers. You better give it to the IT department in churches. Oh boy, did we reinvent ourselves. And all of a sudden we were able to become you know, host of television shows. We were able to edit videos. We were able to work the cameras. We were able to do services online. Unprepared. No budget. We had to adjust. Innovative thinking because when you are a builder, you can never find yourself in a place where you are going to be stuck and you cannot move to the next level. When the devil tries another trick, he better finds you as an innovative thinker. That devil, you are not going to outsmart me. You are not going to outthink me. I serve the God of all wisdom. And you are going to become a thinker and come up with ideas. And say to yourself, I've tried this, it did not work. Lord, the Bible says, remember, we have the mind of Christ. Amen. What does that mean? God is a thinker himself. How did he come up with those calculations that he gave to Moses? 
How did he come up with those measurements he gave to Noah? Because he is a strategic thinker. He knew that if the side is this high, when the wind is blowing at that point, therefore this boat is going to be stable at this point. You know, he knew. He knew exactly the measurements. What He, he spoke to him about gold, about silver, about this and that. And he told him exactly why. Because he's an innovative thinker. Look at how this building is laid out. You can tell that the builder in this church is an innovative thinker. Because when we walk in and, and sometimes we find this place is just a hall. It's just four walls. We don't know. And when you walk in, probably many of you, you looked at this place and you, were, you didn't see a church here. You were wondering, where, where is the stage going to be here? How is this thing going to work? How can this become? But an innovative thinker in the room began to envision this thing. And he knew this is where the stage is going to be. And this is what we are. we are going to block this wall and we are going to change this here. We are going to paint this in. We are, we are not architects. <laughs> we did not go to school to build. We, we, we don't have that. But because of the spirit that we carry, of that innovative thinker who is God. Sometimes we help sound engineers solve their problems as pastors. On Sunday, on Sunday last week in our Pinoni campus, I came in. One of the screens was not displaying. The multimedia team was working for two hours trying to figure out what was wrong. They were doing all sorts of things. And they were saying, ah, this, 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 this adapter maybe is bent and whatever. And I sat down for five minutes. And I said to them, the second HDMI, HDMI port is dead. Forget about it. Come up with another plan. And let's move on with the service. They didn't believe me. Tomorrow they took the computer, tried and tested, and on Tuesday in our staff meeting, the multimedia lady said, hey, Fundis, you were right. The pot is dead. Because don't look at us preaching and think that we don't use that. There are moments where even the devil himself will think there is no way out. But because of our hey, innovative thinker in heaven, he will download ideas and I will wake up in the morning knowing exactly what are we going to do. Pastor Joseph, one way, that's why I love your story so much. You know, there are many things which are common between our stories. Because we started the church right in 2004. We started in 2004 as well. And when you, how you bought this building, the same thing. We, the way that we found our building, everybody was asking, Mfundis, church, here. Even my wife. She was like, I, I'm waiting to see what I'm going to do here. And we were waiting, we were breaking walls. We built our stage, right, our stage, with the rubble of the walls that we were breaking. Because there was no money. Yeah. There was no money. Same here. Oh, my goodness. Because there was no money, you see. There's nobody. Sometimes we, 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 will, we will lack the resources, but when God has given you this. Sometimes that's all that you have. Because many of us, your breakthrough is one idea away. Your breakthrough, your promotion is one idea away. Let me tell you, some of you, your millions are one idea. You better pray today and say, God, open the heavens so that I can just tap into that well of wisdom and ideas and thoughts that will shift me to the next level. One idea can turn you into a billionaire.
Just one idea. Just one idea. Just one idea. Just one idea. Subject your mind to God. You'll be surprised how you can be inspired in an environment like this in such a way that by the time you get home in your house, in your own household, the innovative thinking that goes on here, you'll find yourself running your household by the same spirit. Your husband must be surprised at you because at church you are a host, right? You are usher, and all of a sudden he sees the, the way that you serve him at home is changing. Because you've adopted something that is done at church. And all of a sudden you are using it to build your own home. You are using it to build your marriage. And, 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 and when your husband is, is, is wondering what's going on, especially if he's not coming to church, you tell him, this is what we are learning at church. Because here we are not just about choruses. Here as well. We are builders. That's who we are. <laughs> L. As a builder, you must be a laborer. There's no building without work. The Bible says in the book of Nehemiah, they had the mind to work. So if you are a builder in this house, you must be prepared to work. Because this is how I spell ministry. W-O-R-K. Ministry is work. So in other words, for us to have this conference, we are going to work. For us to have the kind of church services that we want to have on Sunday, we are going to work. For us to have the children's church that we are going to have, we are going to work. Sometimes some of us will have to arrive two hours earlier because ministry is work. Building is work. Your marriage is going to demand you to work on it each and every day because we are, it is not just going to be by a stroke of luck but you better have the biggest and the greatest work ethic it's not just by prayer but we need to labor I mean look at this facility here it tells you that we need sound engineers. We need people who are going to operate the camera. Somebody who is going to operate the projector. Somebody who is going to operate this and that. Because we are supposed to have the mind to work. If you are not a worker. <laughs> I was watching your, 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 your photos when you were moving into this building. And I was watching even how pastor was pushing a wheelbarrow. Because building is work. It's not about just preaching on Sunday. It is work. And if needs be, I will also climb the ladders and begin to paint. I will, I will connect cables. I will climb into the ceiling. I will spend sleepless nights in the auditorium because building is work. And sometimes the reason why our black brothers and sisters can't stand us is because we are still in a phase of building as many churches and when they come it is expected for of them to serve to work to be the first to start the children's church ministry to be the first to start the hospitality team to be the first to be the first of this and and people don't want that because we don't have <laughs> a good work ethic and ministry in ministry, 
Our team in Pinoni, our service starts at 8. They're expected to arrive at 6.30. 6.30. To make sure that they prepare before everybody else. So by the time you see that board being waved at you, oh, you're looking good. We've been here an hour and a half before. We've been preparing the venue. We've been connecting sound. We've been doing dry runs. We've been, we've been doing every, like, Saturday evening, they will rehearse, do a dry run. The praise and worship team, do a dry run of every song they are going to sing, how the MC is going to climb on the stage, how this is going to happen, how announcements are going to, play, to be played on the screen. Everything is, is supposed to be ran as it is going to be, as it is going to run on Sunday. That is done Saturday evening. The cameraman needs to come stand behind the camera. It's not a live service. But you are there to practice your shots. And we are going to tell you the MC is going to climb for that side. You better be ready for that angle. The person who is sitting behind the switcher needs to know all of the angles because ministry is work. And that's why we are unable to build solid churches. Because there's no work ethic. A little small assignment, people complain. At church, it seems as if they don't, they don't understand that we have a life. Don't you understand that even we as pastors, we have a life? I am also a husband. I am also a father. My kids attend school. I wake up every morning to drop off my kids at school. I pick them up. I go to the office each and every day. I have to wake up early in the morning and pray. Prepare the message. Maybe, maybe you don't understand. On Sunday, tomorrow, I am going to preach at church, right? I have a different message that has got to be prepared for that. For me to come here and preach today so that you can be hearing, I had to prepare. Look, this is, this is 40 slides that had to be prepared. On top of that, I am a husband. On top of that, I am a lead pastor. On top of that, I'm running three campuses. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., I need to take a flight and go to Hillcrest to go and preach there again. And I am in Pulukwane today. And I'm expected to arrive tomorrow, an hour earlier before the service, in Hillcrest, that is. And we are, all that we are asking you is just to hold a board and smile. That's all that we are asking. Hold this board and smile. That's all that we are asking. Sister, just stand here, hold this board. When somebody passes, smile and wave the board. Don't, don't, don't do any other thing. That's all that we are asking. Ah, they don't understand. We, we also have a life. We are so busy, you know. We, we are so busy, you know. We are, we are married. Yeah, me, me. I also have a wife. I have two teenagers. Demanding teenagers. And both of them are serving, by the way. Both of them are serving, by the way. Those teenagers that I'm talking about, both of them are seven. They are 16 and 15. My boy who is 15 is our main drama play player. I'm the one who drops him off at rehearsal. He has no chance. 
When others are rehearsing, even me, I'm dropping him off. What time is your rehearsal today? Oh, Teddy, I'm tired. I'm like, no, well, let's go. I'm going to serve because building is work. Building is work. Oh, I have a life. This life that we are talking about comes from God. Can we please stand on our feet? Shout, I am a builder. Shout, I am a builder. The letter D. You have to be determined. The Bible says, after David said to Solomon, I'm no longer qualified to build. Can the keyboard player come, please? I'm no longer qualified to build. You are going to build. The Bible says, Solomon was determined. In other words, Solomon was resolved that he's going to build this thing. Boldness starts you off. Determination sustains you. Determination sustains you. That come with me I am resolved in my mind. I'm going to build my life. In other words, the devil may close those doors, but you better be determined. I'm going to build my life. The devil is definitely going to make you believe that nothing is going to come out of this life of yours, but you better be determined. I'm going to have that good career. I'm going to have that or run that good business. I am going to do whatever it takes to make it work in my life. I'm going to build my life. I'm going to build my life. Maybe at home, there were no builders. Maybe at home, everybody accepted the status quo. But I choose to be a builder. I choose to be a builder. Maybe in Bulukwane, nobody, nobody was determined to build this kind of a church. But a life church, we need to be resolved. We need to be determined. We, we, we can be able to build the kind of a church where the music is going to be different. <laughs> where the standard of excellence is going to be different. <laughs> where the way that we preach is going to be different. Oh, you better be determined that it is possible to build a church where, where, where it is possible to have a pastor who does not wear a suit. Oh, 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 oh. you better be determined that when others are saying you are not going to last, you better be determined and say to yourself, I'm going to build this thing. You better be determined that whatever it takes, I'm going to build my life. I'm going to build my marriage. You better be determined. I'm going to build my family. I know that my kids for now, maybe they are not serving, they are not serving the Lord, but I'm going to build my family. I am trusting God that my children are going to be saved. I am trusting the Lord that my children are going to serve the Lord. You better be determined that you know what, maybe your finances are not coming together. Maybe you've never seen a million in your life, 
but you better be determined. I'm going to build my finances. One day I'm going to be a millionaire. One, one day I'm going to be able to buy a car cash. One day I'm going to be able to build a house cash. One day I'm going to take my children to school. One day I'm going to be able to give a million as a tithe to the church. You better be determined. Shout, I am a builder. challenging the music team leader don't just lead, build tell yourself even if one member resigns tell, assure the pastor before you even announce that somebody has, has resigned, assure him and say pastor, I want to assure you we are going to build this team this team is going to be one of the best teams in, in South Africa or in the whole world assure him and say and, and on the side just say somebody has just resigned but anyway I am assuring you that for as long as I am the leader of this team we are going to build this team we are going to get the best keyboardist. We are going to get, get the best drama. We are going to get the best MD. We are going to, as long as I am the leader, I'm challenging the leader of the ushers or of the hosts. Don't just administrate the team. Build the team. That when everybody else has reported that they are not going to be available for the Sunday service, show up bold and say, I'm going to hold my position. I'm going to find somebody that I can quickly give a crash course of how to hold this board. I'm going to build this team. I'm going to build this team. You better, you better not allow the pastor to stress about certain things in the church anymore. Because the pastors are supposed to be surrounded by builders. Because as a leader, if I know that I have builders around me, I'm not going to be stressed. Just three weeks ago, we were, three, four weeks ago, we were far away in the States and we had a campaign organized that Pastor Tulane is leading for crusades and campaigns out there. And all of a sudden he fell ill. He was in the hospital. He was not going to be on the ground as a leader. I, as a lead pastor, we, I am away, thousands of kilometers away. But because we had builders around. We had builders around that even when I invited speakers to come and speak, but the team on the ground was doing the very same groundwork as if I am available. Because if as a leader you have builders around you, you sleep at night if you have builders around you. We, have, we better have a mindset as a life church that I am not just here as a member. I am here as a builder. I am here as a builder. I am not here to take. Even though you are going to receive from this house. But I am not just here to take. I am here to contribute. I am here to stand in the gap. I am here to bring solutions. All of our three campuses... The cameras that are being used to take still pictures, they don't belong to the church. But it's people who said, I have a good quality camera. The church does not have to buy. Even if I'm not coming to church on Sunday, the camera is going to be available. That's a builder. That's a builder. That's a builder. 
That's a builder. We need to get to a mindset where when pastor is sending you somewhere, the issue is not going to be about so much a pastor, petrol money. That's not a mindset of a builder. A builder says, I've got you covered, pastor. Don't worry. Worry about everything but this one. I've got it covered. Say, I am a builder. Thank you so much for listening. We believe you were blessed by the word. For more, please visit our website, www.alivewithjoseph.com, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, Alive with Joseph Ngogocha. Till next time, God bless.